Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. I give you permission to get excited and hungry for God. I give you permission to do that. What draws the anointing off of you uh, onto your life is hunger. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness; they shall be filled. So I want you to turn to Luke chapter seven tonight, and uh, I, I do want to honor. Uh, you know, Eliel and Lolita, they're here. I know, but I wanted to do that. I know you didn't want to. Hey, could you stand up, stand up, or wave, or wave, or something. Smile, smile. There you go, there you go. These guys, the, the video that you saw, they constructed the majority of the, the things, the stage here. And uh, so we're just so thankful for them. And, uh, and I see Daniel there, back there, my friend Daniel. God bless you. He's Donnie's brother, but he's a man of God, and I love you. Thank you for coming. Amen. Are you guys excited? Are you guys excited for the Lord? <clears throat> All right. Luke chapter 7, I'm going to share something that I've never brought here to RCC. My God, I feel the Holy Spirit here. I'm telling you, there's, the, there's, the, there's an anointing of God that God wants you to tap into. I believe prophetically uh, there's going to be a reviving of, of gifts in the house. Um, and I already have a few prophetic words in me, so I just want to just wait until the right time. But um, Luke chapter 7 uh, verse 11. I'm going to start verse 11. Now, uh, those of you who are watching online, I, I really believe this is prophetic for this season. Not only for this house, but for the body of Christ. This is a prophetic message. Now, I'm, you're going to read it, and at first you're going to say, well, that's pretty awesome. But it's not going to go the way that you think it's going to go. Because I, I did a lot of study in this particular verse, and I've been on it all week. And I believe that the Lord has something on our first night of our conference to impart something very specific, watch this, hear me very carefully, to start momentum in your life, in an area of your life. Listen to what I just said. Something is going to spark in the next three days that start momentum that will lift the finger of the pause button that's been on your calling and your purposes and your dreams and your visions. Come on. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And this is what the Lord wants. So Luke chapter 7 Verse 11 says this. Now, it happened the day after that Jesus went, and I want you to really follow me here with your Bibles here. Really follow me here. That he went into a city called Nain. Everybody say Nain. That's significant that I'm having you repeat that. And many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. And when Jesus came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man, everybody say dead man, significant, was carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was, I feel the Holy Spirit on me right now. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin. Everybody say coffin. And those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead, listen to this, sat up. And what did he do? Began to speak. And he presented him to his mother. Everyone said, amen. Now, in the natural, this story is a powerful story in the natural about a very significant miracle that took place. As a matter of fact, 
this could arguably be one of the greatest miracles physically of Jesus' ministry. We know Lazarus was raised from the dead. There's, you don't get too much greater as far as power when you raise people from the dead. You understand? Yes, God loves every healing, but there's a certain degree of power that you have to walk in to raise someone from the dead who's been dead. So it's, uh, in a natural sense, it is a, um, this, this miracle is good in the natural as far as the power of God and healing people. But what I want to bring your focus tonight, prophetically, is to focus on this message as the spiritual, watch this, and emotional principles of this story. I said that right. The spiritual and emotional principles of this story that is going to be speaking to you to resurrect certain things in your life that have been dead. Now, I want you to see this because when it comes to God-given giftings, when it comes to God-given callings, when it comes to God-given desires and purposes. There's an inner frustration in the body of Christ in this hour concerning the purposes of God in them. And you say, what? What do you mean by inner frustration? When it comes to the call of God that God put on your life, when it comes to the purposes and the dreams and the visions, the mandates that God has placed in your life, there is a frustration in the body of Christ. Why is there a frustration? Because you in you instinctively know that you were created for something greater than what you're currently doing. Watch this. And it's resonating louder in your memory than it is in your real life. And that's why there is a frustration because you remember the, the things that the Lord has put in your heart and it's resonating louder in your memory than it is in your actual reality. So then there's a paradox in the spirit where you have, there's something that's uh, supposed to be alive in you, and it's dead. The, the majority of the people, not the majority, I would say 50% of a lot of the people, even in the body of Christ, are under a major paradox in their lives when it comes to the, the, the purposes, the dreams, and the visions that God has put. Why, why, why? Watch this. Because one day in your life, watch this, you begin to start dreaming. One day in your life, you began to envision how God was going to use you. One day in your life, you said to yourself, this is how I see it. And you had it all played out in your mind, how it was going to go out. You had it played out. By this time, I should be doing this. By this time, I know the Lord has spoke to me to this. But the paradox is that what you have seen before in your heart is not a reality in this moment. So the paradox now is a life and death situation happening at the same time. It could be the good, the best of times, and the worst of times all at the same time. You have to understand that there's a paradox in the body of Christ because there's something that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you to do, whether it's when you were a couple years ago, whether it, be, whether it was five years ago, a month ago, that that paradox is saying this to you. The dreams and those desires that you've been dreaming, you're not seeing them. And many of those dreams, well, here's what I want to say. Many of those dreams, many of those visions, many of the way that you played it out in your head of how it should look like, it seems lifeless in the coffin to many of you. You know that there is something that by this time you should be doing, 
and something for one reason or the other is not, you're not seeing activity in that part of your life which you used to dream about. Come on. And so there is a paradox happening between what God spoke and what is actually happening in your life. And this story of this young man, and I said this as an intro, has everything to do prophetically about this paradox that I'm talking about. You say, Pastor George, how can this story have anything to do with the paradox of what you just talked about? Well, I'm glad you asked. You know what the Bible says in Luke chapter 7 concerning the city name? Are you ready for this? Here's the, par- here's the, the, the divine paradox. The city called Nain in the, in the Bible in Luke chapter 7, do you know what it means in the Greek? The word Nain means green pastures. It means life. Oh, come on. You ain't getting this. The word, this, the word Nain means Vibrancy means fullness. You know what another means? A feeling of accomplishment. Full. That's what name means. And the reason why I say that, because it's, it's one of the desires of God for you to walk in an atmosphere that you're, you're thriving because you're walking in your calling. And you're walking for what, you, what you're doing. The people that are miserable and they're just floating around. There's many people that love Jesus, but they're floating around because they're not doing what they were born to do in this season. And they love God with all their heart, but there's an inner frustration. So Nain means green pastures. And you know what that is significant of? Vibrancy and fruitfulness. And the Bible says that that's for us. Here's even the more frustration when you know that it's God's will for you to walk in fruitfulness and it's not happening in your life. Now watch this. We know this because King David, he said in the most famous psalm, in Psalm 23, he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not walk. Watch this. He makes me to lie down in a wilderness, in thorns, in weeds. No, he didn't say that, did he? He didn't say he makes me to lie down in hot sand and me. And me. No, no, no. He goes, my desire is that I want you to lead you in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Do you understand when you have that kind of a promise and you're not living it out, there's a frustration. When you have that, what you know the Lord has for you, and for some reason you're not seeing it, there is a spiritual paradox for a God-given calling, your dreams, because you're supposed to be in name, fulfilling that which God called you to do. When I look at my season right now, I realize that I have, I'm, I'm joyful and I'm vibrant, not because I'm over-spiritual, because the things that were trapped inside of me for years are now coming out in full force. My, the fullness of my destiny comes, let me tell you, when you enter into the fullness of your destiny, joy and fulfillment and green pastures spiritually will come to your life. It will come to your life. Listen, because if, if, if you're not, there's inner frustration because you envision how you were supposed to be used by God by now. And something has been put in the spiritual coffin where you are at and you're not able to see any longer what the Lord has spoken to you from years ago. Come on. And you, this is why I say this. Because Jesus is coming into a city called Nain, right? And it's alive. And here's what I want to land on this morning. I mean, this night. I'm going to say this morning. He comes to a city called Nain. That's a, watch this. That's, I forgot. Another word for Nain is beautiful. Beautiful. 
That's another word for names. Green pastures and beauty. The reason why there's a paradox is because Jesus comes into a city or an atmosphere or an environment that's supposed to be filled with life. That's supposed to have people with joy. There's supposed to be people in that environment because it's full of life. It's they're, they're supposed to be full of life because the environment's full of life. And the first thing he encounters when he enters the city is death in the city called Nain. Do you know that you could be in Nain and in a coffin at the same time? You could be in a beautiful place and a beautiful environment and have an ugly internal problem and struggle at the same time. You, you could be in a beautiful environment where things are happening in your job or in your house, in your home, or in your church, and everyone around you is, 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 is joyful. Or everyone around you seems that they're walking in their calling. Everyone is getting promoted, and it could be ugly for you, not because you don't love, love the Lord. It's because you're not seeing the same thing as the environment is dictating. All around you, people could be on fire for God, and you still dry like a, like a prune. The environment doesn't dictate the heart of a person. You have to realize that that's where the frustration is because you can be in name and be in a spiritual coffin. What did I mean by that? You could be in a beautiful atmosphere and have an ugly internal war that's constantly fighting the thoughts of the Word of God and the purpose of the Word of God. You can be, and this is where things are going to be unlocked in this weekend because you could be in all these right places and still feel numb. It could be beautiful to everybody else and hurtful to you, dry to you. Think about that. The city name is beautiful. That means beautiful. And the first thing he encountered was death. And I'm talking prophetically tonight. What's in the coffin? The coffin is the purposes, the dreams, the God-given gifts, the mandates, the destinies that God has put inside of you. And at some point or the other, you have not seen it come to pass, and because of this, you stop believing for those things to start being a reality in your life. Even, listen, church could be alive. Your job could be alive. Your home could be alive. Your friends could be alive, yet there's an inner struggle for you because you're supposed to walk in the same thing that the atmosphere is dictating. Watch. So why I say this, because even in the book of Revelation, now you got to buckle your seatbelts here for a second. In the book of Revelation, Jesus speaks seven different messages to seven different churches. Real messages. Like I'm preaching, but he's speaking directly to the angel of the church, the pastor, the leader of the church. And one of the churches that he speaks to, which is the was the church of Sardis in Revelation, he said this. Now, by the way, before I uh, hit you with the hammer, I want to preface by saying he said this to the church, not to the world. He, the church that he loves, that he, bought, that he bought, that is following him, that has their own struggles. He's saying sometimes Jesus says things that are hard to swallow, but it doesn't mean it's not because he doesn't love them. You know what he told the, the, the church that he loves in Sardis? You know what he said? He said, Behold, I am the Lord. I'm the Alpha and Omega. And then he goes, I'm the Lord. You know what he says? For you have a reputation that you are alive, but you're dead. He says you have a name that you're alive. You got name all around you. Woo! 
You're popping all over the place with good activities. You're popping with great passionate worship. You're, pa- you're popping with great word and great fellowship. Let me tell you something. But there's something that has died on the track, on the road to this walk with God, and you still love God. It's not saying that you don't love God. Is that something concerning what you're supposed to do somewhere along the line has died. And, and that brings an inner silent struggle in you that sometimes you don't want to admit to anybody. And you say to yourself, and that's how discouragement comes, and that's how condemnation comes, because you say, by now I should be doing this, and there's no opportunity for my gifting. By now I should be walking in this, and it's not how I envisioned it to be. And he said, you have a reputation that you're alive, but you're dead. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you're all religious now. You know what we're talking about. Smiling on the outside and crying on the inside. Smiling on the outside and struggling on the inside. How about this? On the outside being excited about your friend's promotion and your family's promotion and blessing. And on the inside you're saying, what about mine? I've been waiting for mine. When is it my turn? You guys ain't talking back to me. You're like, man, that is awesome. What, wow. God, God made you that leader in your church. Wow. That, man, that is awesome. And inside, there's that inner war like, how about me? I've been faithful. How about my promotion? It's that dichotomy of being in Nain and being in a coffin at the same time. And I'm not talking about being bound only. Don't, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. Yeah, there's Christians that are bound. But tonight, I'm not talking about those who are bound by demons. I'm talking about people that love the Lord but have lost somehow the desire to do that which God has called them to do individually. Somehow, the, the, the call of God has been put in a, in a coffin, the gift of God, the vision of God, the purposes of God. And I'm saying this in our anniversary for a reason, you know, because of the fact that I was able to walk out in what I know now is my purpose, there is great liberty, great freedom, and you know what? There is no stress. Come on, say amen. Nain could be the following to you. The city name could be your church. It's a beautiful place. Beautiful atmosphere. Power of God. Nain could be your family. Nain could be your job. You could have a vibrant job. Nain could be your friends. But yet all around the coffin is, when is it my turn? Oh, come on, church. When, 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 when can I step into that? When can I see the promises of God to go on missions? When can I see the promise of God to preach the gospel? When can I see the promise of God to start the business that I've been trying for the last several years? I've had a business idea, and no doors will open. But at the appointed time, Abraham said, you shall receive a son. And I'm here to tell you prophetically, this is not in my notes, but I'm going to tell you right now. The key to what God promised Abraham, he did not believe it because in the natural, it seemed impossible. Because he was 100 years old and his wife was 91 years old But by the time she gave birth. And he's like, there's no way that you're going to produce a son or, 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 or my destiny with such old age. And he goes, you watch at the appointed time. If you stay faithful at the appointed time, that business is going to be fruitful. It's going to come into name. If you are faithful, that call of God is going to start bur- bubbling up and start birthing into reality that will hit the world for God. 
You say, how do you know that? I'm 45 years old, and I just started. And it's the most fruitful season. I, I, I never said this would be. It's the most fruitful and blessed season I've ever been in my entire life. And I started late in the game. I've been a pastor for years, but I, most people plant churches when they're in their late 20s. I planted this church a, a, a year ago when I was 44 years old. I turned 45 in June, and I'm a late bloomer concerning people. But let me tell you, if you're faithful, glory to God. If you're faithful, you will see that that which been in a coffin will start to rise to bless the world, and your heart will become on fire for, because of it. Let me tell you something. There's two types of fires in the world, in the, in, 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 the, in the spiritual realm. There's a fire that you receive by the laying on of hands and through prayer, and that's easy. You don't got to do anything, but just say, Lord, touch with your fire. Then there's a fire. Oh, God, I feel this from the Lord. Then there's a fire that only comes, only comes, only comes when you're activating the gift of God that's inside of you. The only way you say, how is that? Jeremiah chapter 20, a prophet, he kept prophesying. And every time he prophesied, he would get thrown in prison. And those prisons were not like the bars over here that, that had bars. They were mud and they were, he would sink. And it was very torturous and very lonely. Let me tell you something. He said to the Lord, I will not use my gift anymore. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. When you, you're starting to use your gift and then all of a sudden leadership bypasses you. Or you feel neglected. You feel rejected. And all of a sudden you just say, maybe God did not speak to me about this singing gift, about this preaching gift. Come on, about this business gift. Maybe the Lord didn't talk to me about that. Maybe I missed it. Maybe somewhere along the line, that's just not for me. And you know what the Holy Spirit says? It is for you. It is, it is for you. And the Holy Spirit wants you to know that that is for you. Now, what was I just saying? There was a story I was just saying. I just got sidetracked. <laughs> huh? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And so Jeremiah said, you know what, I, I, I must be missing it. You know what, maybe the Lord didn't call me for this because every time, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch, watch, watch. Every time I operate in my gifting, all hell breaks loose. Then he answered his own question like if he was a crazy man. He goes, nevertheless, I could not withhold that gift. It was like fire shut up in my bones. Do you know the fire that comes in your life is not just the conference. The fire comes, I'm going to give you a revelation, when you start tapping into your giftings and allow that gift in worship, entrepreneurship, pastoring, teaching. Come on. When you start operating and tapping into the gifts that God gave you, you know what's going to happen? The fire of God is going to light you up. I am the most on fire, the most, and I say this with, not, with all humility, the most on fire, the most fulfilled in ministry and in life that, and, and blessed even financially than I've ever been. You know why? I finally stepped out of my fear of that, of that coffin that I was in, that emotional coffin that I was in for years, and I stepped out to do that which God has created me for. Come on, somebody. Say amen. And this is what God wants to do in your life. I'm just an example. I'm not perfect. My wife and I are not perfect. She knows that. But let me tell you, when you look around, you can see the hand of God visibly over this ministry, over my life. Not because I'm boastful. It's because I got out of the coffin. And I started tapping into that which I was born to do. Listen, I'm looking at Keith. Keith and I were talking. I'm not a handyman at all. And I get frustrated because I couldn't. It took me like 30 minutes just to change the, the, the paper towels in the, in, the, in the bathroom. I couldn't even do it. I'm like, Keith, I can't do this. He goes, that's fine. You do, you do good. Just go back and do what you do. 
And I'm like, no, but I, I, I want to be handy. And it was embarrassing. I'm like, I had to text him, like, how do you put that paper towel in that paper towel dispenser? He's like, you have to just read the instructions. I'm like, I did. Here's my point. If I try to do something that I'm not gifted to doing, I will be frustrated. When you, you, when you start going out of your lane and doing things and then blaming yourself for not being good at that, and it's not something that you're called to, you're going to be depressed, and you're going to be discouraged, and you're going to start blaming things, and that is a recipe for putting your gift, your true gift, in the coffin. Because you're wanting somebody else's gift. Oh, come on. You're wanting somebody else's calling. You're looking at somebody else's desires. You're looking at somebody else's fruitfulness and say, I want that. I love what Prophet Stephen told me one time. He said, you know what, Pastor George? He goes, there's so many people that tell me, tell me how you do what you do. Tell me how to, how to read people's mail. And tell me how, he goes, and I love what he said. He goes, I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that because you have to walk it out yourself. Are you willing to die a hundred deaths? You know, everybody sees the, the finished product, but no one sees what they had to walk to to get to that point. You can't be discouraged because you see Prophet Stephen operating in some way, and you say, well, I don't operate that way, so I must not be spiritual. Who said that? Listen, the most beautiful thing that's ever happened to me is that I've been delivered from comparing my calling to somebody else's. I've been delivered. I'm totally secure around my friend. He's one of my best friends. I'm totally secure about him. Do I, do I respect the word of the Lord? Yes. But I, I don't, in my mind, I'm like, man, I'm less spiritual because I can't call people's addresses out like that. But that's, listen, you laugh, but you don't know how many Christians struggle with comparison. They struggle with, you know what? I want to do that. I want to be that. I want to be that worship leader. No, be you. God only created one you. Be the best you you could ever be. And can I just be really, just because I'm preaching now without going to my notes, can I just be really honest with you? I'm going to be really transparent with you. I refuse to be a carbon copy anytime. Those of you who know me well, I'm not going to say, even when I was at OHOP, there was certain things that I'm like, hey, this is me. If I say beloved, you know that that's, the Holy Ghost is coming on me. I just didn't say beloved. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with beloved. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that word. But I wasn't going to be forced to talk a certain way just because of a movement is telling me to do it. See, you're not talking back to me. I'm saying, I'm going to be Pastor George, and I'm going to say corny jokes if I want while I preach. And God made me that way. Here's the point. I, I know that might sound funny, but you have to celebrate who you are. God made you unique. And because I held on to that secret, I'm like, look, bro, I, I, th this changed my life, but I'm going to be me. Even uh, those of you know me, I, I was like a, I was like a, I was like a, a ball sometimes that was trying to fit into a square. Not because anything was wrong. It's because people subliminally was trying to force me to be them. And I could still be me and still operate in any type of movement. I could still be me and operate and, and, and be transformed by what the Lord is doing in a certain season. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. You have to learn how to be you because there's nothing worse than dull emotions in a lively atmosphere. Woo! There's nothing worse than a dull spirit in a place where everything is alive. You start questioning yourself. Are you getting something tonight? The fact that Jesus, watch this now, prophetically looked at this man and called him young man. 
young man is a prophetic sign that he died. Woo, I'm going to preach a little bit before his time. Prophetically speaking, there are callings and giftings that have been in a spiritual and an emotional coffin that has died before its time, before it got to manifest to the world. He said, young man, in other words, you're too young to be in that coffin. You're, too, you're, too, you're just starting off to be in that coffin. There's no way that you have, you're supposed to live 70 years. You're only 20-something years old. What are you doing in that coffin? Young man is symbolizing of things that were dead before its time. And you have to get to a place where you allow the Spirit of the Lord to begin to revive that which He spoke to you. Why? Because it will be tested through trials. Let me tell you something. Do you think Joseph, let me just be real with you. Joseph had a, a, a promise from the Lord when he was 17 years old. 17, 17, 17. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. That's what just came to my mind. <laughs> it sounded like that. When he was 17 years old, he had a promise. Watch this. The Lord, when he reveals something to you, he does this. Are you ready? Because he tells you, this is what the Lord does. When he reveals your future, when he reveals your calling, this is what he does. Ready? Here's your calling. And you go, wow. But he tells you the destination, but he doesn't tell you what you got to go through to get there. Because if he did, you will reject the call. So he goes, ah, ah, ah. So what was this? I had a vision and a dream that my parents and my brothers all bowing down to me and they were worshiping. And so he just, that's all he saw was, he didn't see, he didn't see, hey, by the way, if you accept this call, Joseph, you're going to be accused by your brothers. You're going to be sold in a slave. You're going to be righteous. You're going to be righteous in private. And you're going to be accused of rape. And then you're going to be thrown into prison. And then you're going to be interpreting a dream. And people are going to say that they got you back in the prison. And they're going to reject you. Do you still want it? Oh, and by the way, 13 years later is when that prophecy is going to come to pass. Do you still want it? That's why you have to understand that a true purpose will be thrown in the fire. The th true callings of God, in order it, for it to come out with maturity, will be thrown intentionally by God in the fire because he wants to make sure that you don't hurt other people in the process because you're too immature to walk in what he's called you to do. So he, uh, because of his love, he throws you into the fire of affliction to form you into his image. Took 45 years, and I'm, he's still throwing me in the fire. But you know what? I started late but because there's, but even though I started late, there's no better time than the present. There's no better time than the present to start stirring. Let me tell you something. I feel a stirring tonight, and he is about to stir, and he's looking, he's overseeing the coffin of your destiny and the emotions that you have laid dormant, and he's about to say, arise, come forth. But you know what he's speaking to? Not just to hearts. That are, are dead. Because that's obviously, if you're not on fire for God, you need some changing around. You need to repent from some sinful things. But what I'm talking about also is the dreams and the visions and purposes that are in that emotional coffin. Oh, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I want you to get this. Unfulfilled goals. Unfulfilled callings. Unfulfilled purposes. Cause people to get discouraged, and can lead to being depressed. 
I'm going to say that again. Unf- uh, hear me what I'm saying. Remember, I'm talking about people who love the Lord, love Jesus. Unfulfilled callings, unfulfilled purposes, unfulfilled goals can lead to great discouragement, and discouragement can lead to being depressed. Unfulfilled purposes, unfulfilled. You know what the Bible says? Hope deferred makes the heart sick, sick, sick. You've hoped for something for a long time. And here's the problem with discouragement. Please listen to me. When you allow discouragement to, to get the best of you, especially when it comes to that which God has put in you, you stop, you, stop, you stop believing for it to come to pass. And you stop believing for it to, that is from the Lord. And you stop going after it. I've been there. I've been there. And the main goal, now here's one of the things that I really want you to get. The main goal of discouragement. You're going to say, what in the world is this? Hear me now. The main, one of the main goals of discouragement and, and depression is spiritual deafness. You're like, okay, yeah, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. I know this is nothing, no one's, everyone's like, amen. The goal of discouragement and, dis, and, and um, depression, especially when it comes to that which you don't see in your life, the goal of that is to get you spiritually numb and deaf to the voice of God that's trying to resurrect that dream in your life. The voice of the Lord is the thing that resurrected that dead man. So if you're too discouraged, let me just prophesy to you. There's a place that you could get in your walk with God that you become so discouraged that you stop listening and tune out the voice of God that's actually bringing you out of that place. You say, where is that in Scripture? Do you know that it's possible unknowingly to tune out the very voice that's going to take you out of that thing? If it wasn't for the voice of the Lord, Remnant Christian Center would not be planted because I was in my comfort zone. And sometimes the enemy to hearing the voice of God is comfortability. God will never tell me to lose everything. God will never tell me to step out in faith. I have it good. I'm preaching twice a month. I don't have to deal with, with, with tax laws. And I, I'm just preaching every, every other Sunday. Praise the Lord. I don't, I don't, know, about, I don't know about any business. Or, so I just want to preach. And I became comfortable. Now, was I doing anything bad? No, I was still preaching. But I wasn't doing that which the season God has told me, which was a leap of faith, but it came through the voice of the Lord. Do you know, I'm going to show you something in Scripture. Do you know that it's possible to be so discouraged, prophetically speaking, let's just talk about what we're talking about tonight, because your gifts are in a spiritual coffin that you actually start tuning out the voice of the Lord, and the voice of the Lord the whole time is trying to revive you out of the coffin. You say, where is that? Look at Exodus. Look at this. This is powerful. Are you getting something tonight? Look at Exodus 6, verse 5. In the NLT, I want you to see the voice of the Lord. If the worship team could, uh, could start coming behind me, I just feel the Holy Spirit. I, uh, 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 from the very beginning, I just feel the Holy Spirit is speaking. Because God in this conference is going to revive specifically the purposes that have been in a spiritual coffin. And you're, hear me now, not just the purposes of God. I heard the Lord say this in prayer. Your emotions, emotions that have been in a coffin. I did not understand that at first. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, there's several people emotionally, emotionally, they love me, but emotionally they're dead. Emotionally they're in a coffin. They're, they're, they're waiting for something and it hasn't happened. They're waiting for a calling. They're waiting for a job. They're waiting for uh, uh, some, some, some mo- money to come. They're waiting for their spouse. They're waiting for an opportunity. And sometimes... 
Wow. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we could go on in life not realizing that our emotions are starting to die. Our desires are starting to die. And yet we struggle as if this is something that God wants us to live with. Look at this. Look at this. Look at Exodus 6. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. Verse 5. You can be sure. In NLT, look at this. You, this is God. This is God speaking. Watch. You can be sure that I, the Lord, right? W- w- let me pause tr- for a quick review. What did I say the goal, of, the goal of discouragement is? To block out what? Hear me. This is very prophetic. If you're discouraged even a little bit perpetually about something, what starts to happen is that you may not know this. As a matter of fact, you will not probably know it, but you will tend to tune out the voice of conviction, the voice of challenge, the voice of stretching yourself. You say, what? Watch. The goal of discouragement is to produce spiritual deafness. Why is the, why is the voice of God important? Because the voice of God is the recipe to lead you to your freedom and to your direction. <clears throat> Watch. Be sure that I, the Lord, have heard the groans of my people Israel who are now slaves to the Egyptians, and I am well aware of my covenant with them. This is God. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, he's talking to Moses now, he's, ta- he's talking to his servant, say to my people in Apopka in this conference, can you imagine the, the Lord standing right here and saying, tell them this, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression, and I will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great act of judgment. I will claim you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. Now, you would think, like, wow, the Lord is answering our prayers. He's saying that he's going to free us. You think that they would be like super excited, right? Watch this. I will bring you into the land which I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as your own possession. I am the Lord. Okay, insert applause, insert praise, insert jumping around in this moment, right? I am the Lord. I can almost imagine God expecting like a response like, yes, he's finally answering. Look at what the response was when the Lord is, watch this, voice speaking to a discouraged people. Are you ready for this? Look at this. So Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had, what? Had what? Had what? That's the voice of the Lord. And listen, had said, but they refused to listen because they had become, come on, speak at me, too discouraged. Wait, wait, wait. They refused to listen because of discouragement. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. That translation means they were so discouraged that they chose their reality of discouragement, the lie of discouragement, to block out and tune out the voice of God that was calling them higher. Do you hear me? I said, do you hear me? Because the people of Israel were so discouraged by the reality of their, of their lives, they tuned out the voice of God. People, don't get distracted here. I'm about to land right now in a couple of minutes because I feel there's a stirring. And I'm going to share some personal testimonies. Some of you know, but it's a good reminder to get you out of that discouragement for what God has truly called you. You know what? We have limited ministry to be something behind this pulpit. And that's probably 5 or 10% of what ministry is. 
Every one of you has a call of God. And just because it doesn't look like me doesn't mean it's not ministry. Oh, come on. Come on. Just because it doesn't look like your pastors, just because it doesn't look like the evangelist, just because it doesn't look like the prophet, it doesn't mean that it's not from God. Do you know that the greatest oil mine, I know Donnie has said this before, and I said it before, Donnie. I claim that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I'm just joking. The greatest gold mine and the greatest oil field, the greatest riches in all the earth is not Fort Knox and it's not an oil field. The greatest treasure on earth is the graveyard because that's where all the unfulfilled calling and unfulfilled dreams and unfulfilled visions lie there without being accomplished because they died before their time. The person that was supposed to go and create a medicine that will cure, cure incurable disease was afraid and didn't do it. That invention died with them. The person that was supposed to revolutionize a city by starting some prayer or starting some Bible studies never did because they were felt inexperienced or too timid to go out. The person that was supposed to revolutionize the industry of music and create a brand new genre of music that's not even, even heard before didn't do it because they were scared that people said they were too radical. And so that gift died with them. If you could open your eyes in the spirit realm and walk to a graveside, you would see mounds and mounds of giftings and desires and and, and, and purposes mounted up to the sky that never were fulfilled. You only have one life to live. Don't wait until you can't do it anymore. Even if you started late, start now. Even if you say, Pastor George, it's been 20 years that God has been speaking to this. It's too late. Don't believe the lie that you can't start at 50 years old, at 60 years old, at whatever, or 20, 18 years old. Come on. you got to be like Nike and just do it. Don't wait so much for people's approval. But wait, watch this, for the voice of the Lord. Wait for the voice. I said wait for the voice of the Lord. If it wasn't for for the voice of the Lord, I'm going to be very transparent with you. I would have never started Remnant Christian Center. I'm not that smart. I'm not that spiritual. If it wasn't for the voice of the Lord, I'm knuckleheaded. I needed various voices of the Lord as confirmation. Because God in his zeal for me, he knew that I'm knuckleheaded. So he kept bringing people and people through the voice of the Lord, through prophets, through the Holy Spirit, time after time after time. But the thing that was consistent all the time was the voice of the Lord through different people and different circumstances. The same thing. The voice of the Lord. You need to launch out. Your time is up. You need to launch out. You need to do it. You need to go ahead and do this. No, 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 no. But the voice of the Lord was greater than my discouragement. Do you hear me? The voice of the Lord was greater than my discouragement. And in November 6, 2016, me and 30 of my leaders locked arms. And we took a step of faith into the Apopka region, in Apopka Memorial Middle School. And we planted Remnant Christian Center. And salvations began to happen. And purposes started coming alive. And great momentum started 
fast because I became in a green pasture land. I stepped into the city name, which is my calling. And that coffin that I was in, in my purposes, in my purpose, started to come forth. And there's three major voices of the Lord that align me to where you're sitting in today. The first voice of the Lord, are you ready? Was in March of 2016. Again, the voice of the Lord is very key to your destiny. This is so key. The voice of the Lord is a key to ignite you, to spark momentum, to go into the direction that God has for you. Did you hear what I just said? I had no desire to become a senior pastor. I know that sounds weird to you. I had no desire. But when the voice of the Lord came, all of a sudden desire started coming in me because the voice of the Lord said, this is for you. Don't doubt anymore. Now is your time. The first one came in March. And I was preaching the gospel in Miami. I want you to get those pictures ready, Zach. You've heard me say the story, but you never heard. Some of you in in our spiritual family have never seen the picture. I'm in Miami. And it's three days of revival services. I'm the guest speaker. And, and, at the, and every night, God is moving with power. At the third night, the, the Lord just moves. And people literally are on the floor being healed from back issues and all this crazy stuff. After everyone is laying out on the floor of the Holy Spirit, I feel like I'm done. The Holy Spirit's done with me in, the, you know, in this conference. I hand the mic over to my friend, Pastor Dave Futro. He's watching. I get emotional because this moment changed my life forever and at the end he said don't go anywhere because a prophet do you see the voice of the lord how he speaks let me pause and say this if you're limited to god only speaking to you personally you can never get the fullness of the voice of the lord allow him to speak to you through other people as if it was god himself because if not you'll block out some of the tools that god is using to get a message to you so here i am i said i'm done He goes, don't leave. Someone has a word for you. I'm thinking, great. They're going to just say a quick word about my ministry, whatever, blah, blah, blah. She says it publicly. Put that up. And she has me kneel down. This this moment changed my life. As a matter of fact, this moment is why is when Remnant Christian Center was birthed in the spirit realm. She goes, lay down. I, I get emotion seeing that. Someone took a picture of that. This is after I ministered, and that lady, the African American lady, says, out loud. She pours oil on top of my head in front of everybody. And I'll be honest with you. At first I'm like, there's my, you know, what are you doing for my clothes? You know, my clothes are ruined. (laughs) Oil is dripping literally. She's like this. I'm like, do you have this with a whole bottle lady? I mean, like, just prophesy to me. So as soon as she, like, oil is dripping all over. And she grabs the mic and this is where she, she goes, the Lord says to you in front of everybody. I'm thinking, are you crazy? She goes, You've been faithful, and there's major changes. Voice of the Lord. I was in a coffin, not, not in my walk with God, in my purposes. Do you understand? This is not dissing God or where I was at. No, this is, is I wasn't fully walking because I was comfortable, and I'll just be blunt, I was scared. She says, kneel down. She says, the Lord sees that you're faithful, and, and there's major changes coming in your life. Then she says this, in front of all those people there, which you can see, she goes, there's a flock waiting for you. I'm like, what did you just say out loud, lady? What do you mean a flock waiting for me? I knew what she was trying to say. I'm like, you can't say that in public without talking to me privately first, lady. That's what I was thinking. She's like, 
She didn't care. She goes, there's a flock waiting for you, a flock of your own. Now watch this. That birthed a desire for the first time. Maybe I am called to do this. Maybe I am called to be a senior pastor. Maybe I am called to pastor people. That is my passion. A week later, that same lady sent me an email. You know, it's like, it's Prophet Stephen. He, there's no, a true prophet, there's no gray area. It's like, bam. Like, do you know how some prophetic words are like, you know, I feel, you know, sister, I just feel like, this God really loves you. Oh. Not this lady. Next week, she goes, Pastor George, in an email. The Lord has been stirring me up for a week, and I must release this word. Your time at the place that you are is through. I'm like, be nice about it, lady. And my mom like, watch this. The old PG would have said, oh, that lady is off. I just rebuked that. Instantly, when I read that, boom, I felt like a three-month-old baby was, was supernaturally transferred into my spirit. And I was pregnant with this, and I didn't even know it. Now, watch. I began to burn with what God burned for in my life. Because I didn't see it until the voice of the Lord came. You're not getting this. It took the voice of the Lord to resurrect something that was dead in me. You know the second voice of the Lord that came? So you're enjoying this, but you don't know that it was, I was in a coffin with my purposes, and the Lord had to send several prophets to speak to me because he loves me that much, and he loves you that much. The second one was about a week or two later after that. I came home, and I was in Action Coffee. Many of you guys that are locals, you guys know. It's in Winter Garden. I'm having coffee, just coffee. I love coffee. You know, pastors are like cops. I have coffee all the time. So, like, we had coffee, and all of a sudden we're talking. And as we're talking, everybody leaves, and a prophetic woman, another prophet, voice of the Lord, hunts me down all the time. God says prophets to me all the time. This like, so I'm talking to her, and then she's like, looking right past. Have you ever had someone give you a word, and they're not looking at you, they're looking through you? They're like, I see. I'm like, she goes, I see you somewhere in the north from here. The north. Tallahassee. I'm horrible with directions. I'm like, Tallahassee, Gainesville. I really don't like Gainesville. I don't like, I like Jacksonville. I mean, I like Orlando, you know what I mean? And, she, and then, then me, you know how we try to justify things? Oh, she's probably talking about sound the alarm. Literally, that's what I thought by my conference. I said, yeah, it's probably an event. She goes, no. Again. She goes, no, it's somewhere where you're there permanently. Watch this. She said this in March. She goes, and it's a fruitful work. And it's a vibrant work. Name. She goes, it's somewhere where you're there permanently, but it's north from here. That's all she said. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. God didn't tell me. He just went like this. And I had to walk it out, north, north, north. So I'm driving a month later. This is, I'm telling you all this because it's the voice of the Lord that brought you here. And it's the voice of the Lord that's going to bring you to, that, to your place. I'm telling you, it's the voice of the Lord that's going to call you out the coffin tonight. There's giftings that's been stirred in the coffin. And the voice of the Lord is saying, arise. And, it's, and many of you can start it. A week or a month after that, I'm in my car driving to an appointment right here, literally, a, a couple blocks away to the Perkins and the Papa because I like Perkins. But I, you know, me, that I don't like, I don't know directions, I GPS everything. 
The reason I GPS everything is because I want to know what time I get there. So I'm GPSing this location. And this is about a month or so after this incident. Totally left my mind. Somewhere in the north, somewhere in the north. I'm driving, and as I'm driving, the GPS says, turn, your destination is in one minute, turn left, right? And I look up, and the entire car was filled with the presence of God. Put that up, Zach. I only see two words. Look at that. This is what I saw. North Apopka. There's not even three words on there. There's two words. It's like, hello, George. Do you see what I'm trying to tell you with your thick knuckleheaded self? The presence of God filled my car, and I remember the word of the prophet. I see you somewhere in the north. Now, at that time, what you don't know is I was, this is, I've never said this part before in my story. I was going to the meeting. You know what I was going to, to Perkins for? To figure out where I was going to plant a church because I didn't know the city. I didn't know the city, so I'm thinking, where, you know, some people say you should plant in Claremont because, you know, there are a lot of people from, from, the, the, from OHOP that, you know, because they're, they're closing Sunday morning service and we, we had an agreement. That, and they're like, okay, you should plant. I'm like, no, I don't want to plant where you tell me to plant. I know that's good in the natural. But I go, I, go, I want to go where God speaks to me to plant. And when I saw North Apopka, I heard the word of the Lord say, I see you somewhere in the north. And I'm holding out the tears and I put in, I go into the parking lot. And when I go in the parking lot, because I'm anal sometimes, and I've Googled the map from Winter Garden to Apopka, and directly north from Winter Garden and Okoy is Apopka, Florida, directly north. If you draw a line straight north from Okoy to Winter, and Winter Garden to Apopka is north. And the Lord spoke to me. He says, I want you to build my house in the north in Apopka. That day, the second voice of the Lord well, more than that, but in that season, came to confirm the purposes that were, in the, that were coming out the coffin that night, that day. And I'm almost done. I could feel the Holy Spirit stirring something inside of me. Then, about a month after that, some of you know this, but I want to tell you this. We were in Publix, and there was an African-American lady that worked for Publix, works for Publix, Miss Jackie. Because of my about to come out, God needed one more. So I'm at Publix, and I'm thinking, okay, we're already at the school at this time. But God has dared me and said, believe for a building. I'm thinking, what are, you, what are you talking about? We're only at church for six months. How are you telling me to do, you know, that's not normal. God says, believe me for a, a building. So I did. My wife and I did. We're in Publix. I guess, guess, guess what came again? The voice of the Lord. This African-American lady said, I got to go ahead and, and, and uh, minister. I, I want to go visit your church. I go, well, ma'am, you know, it's, it's great. I would love for you to come. It's really tough because we are in a school right now. And we got to break down. We got to close up. We got to do this. We got that. And her, her countenance changed. She goes, God is going to give you the keys of a building. And my wife and I were like, did she just, voice of the Lord. Her countenance changed. She became like this prophet. And she goes, God, she's shaking, is going to give you the keys of a building. 
And then she got even, she started preaching. She goes, the Bible says you shall decree a thing and it shall come to pass. So you just decree it and you shall see it come to pass. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'm like, what's happening here? <laughs> Watch this, guys. I'm, I'm closing now. The Lord sent three different voices to get me out of discouragement and into my calling. Three weeks later, on June 13th, a day after my birthday, put that sign, put that next slide up. I'm holding the keys to the building, the owner of this place of Mosquito Creek signed a contract handing the keys, come on church, handing the keys to Remnant Christian Center. The voice of the Lord came to pass. Look at the next slide. And this, the, the certificate of occupancy that we worked hard to get, that means in the city, the city recognizes this place as being Remnant Christian Center. My point is this, and I want you guys to read this, to hear this. That the purposes of God to you are about to be resurrected in this season if you allow the voice of the Lord, maybe he's confirmed things to you many times, but he's standing in the coffin. Watch this. I'm going to say this one last revelation, and he's speaking. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Because when the Lord spoke to this young man, what you don't see happen is that he not only became alive. Oh, God, you're going to read, you're going to love this. He, he didn't only become alive. The Bible says he began to speak. You know what's going to happen when the Lord starts resurrecting that call of God? You begin to end the silence of your vision and end the silence of what you've not been talking about. And you begin to speak again about your dreams. You begin to speak again about your vision. You begin to speak again about that business idea. You begin to speak. Oh, come on, church. Come on, I want you to stand up right now. When God speaks, you will start speaking. The Bible says that when he rose him from the dead, he started speaking again. I hear the Holy Spirit saying tonight that some of you have not spoken that dream in many months. Some of you have not spoken about that vision that you've had. Some of you have not, you've stopped speaking about being going overseas. You've stopped speaking about being a worship leader. You've stopped speaking about being a, a, a pastor or a business leader. Or you open, you stopped speaking about it. But the Lord is saying, when I speak, you speak. When I speak, you speak. And there's something stirring. And I see the Lord standing over the coffin of your destiny, of your emotions. And he's saying tonight, arise, daughter. Arise, son. Arise, gift of God. Arise, evangelist. Arise, pastor. Arise, apostle. Arise, prophet. Arise, teacher. Arise, business owner. Arise, entrepreneur. Arise, doctor. Arise, lawyer. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I want you to lift up your voice right now. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.